More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, sacrificial love. It's the beginning of Lent and St. Valentine's Day, so we're going to explore sacrificial love. What's the difference between loving like Christ and being a doormat? Find out. 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today on More to Life, sacrificial love. You know, today, of course, is Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent, and St. Valentine's Day. So we are doing a little mashup here on More to Life as we talk about sacrificial love. You know, what does it mean to love like Christ, especially when we're dealing with difficult people or difficult situations? What's the difference between sacrificial love and being a doormat? 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. So are you in a relationship with someone you feel is taking advantage of you or using you? Is someone in your life always asking for more? more time, more support, more attention to the degree that nothing is ever enough? Do you feel like your attempts to be generous to someone are just making things worse? Do you find yourself really trying to be there for someone only to have it consistently blow up in your face? Or are your attempts to love someone making you feel degraded, worn out, or even resentful? Let's explore what sacrificial love really requires of us in these situations. And, you know, it can be any situation. It can be you're the mom or dad who's worn out because the needs of the kids are just overwhelming you, whether that's adjusting to the fact that you have kids and they're little or those teenagers are running you ragged with all of their needs and all of the things you have to do for them and you don't have a breath for yourself and you don't know where boundaries should be. Or even if your adult children are really maybe asking a little bit too much, even those who may be coming home and you're thinking, where's my life in the midst of all of this? It's certainly difficult in family life, but it's also difficult in extended family life in those relationships with friends, in those business situations, in those church situations where you may be being asked to do a lot because you are a person of faith in that church, but they're kind of bleeding you dry and you just don't quite know what to do because you also feel like you're supposed to be doing it. It can really make us feel ambivalent and confused to know where to draw the lines, if we should, what's the right way to truly love and care for someone. If you've got questions about it today, let's talk on More to Life at 
573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. And once again, we're looking at the idea of sacrificial love on this first day of Lent and course, St. Valentine's Day. You know, how do we love like Christ without being a doormat? If you're listening to the podcast later today, you can also send us your questions via email. That address is questions at more2liferadio.com. That's with the number two, questions at more2liferadio.com. But we love hearing your voice, so pick up the phone, give us a holler at 877-573-7825. Let's talk through this uh, often misunderstood idea of sacrificial love. You know, every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of St. John Paul's theology of the body. And if you're not sure what that is, um, when St. John Paul was Pope, he gave a series of reflections over the course of really about five years that looked at how we can discover God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships by prayerfully contemplating God's design and creation, especially his design of our bodies. The theology of the body reminds us that building the kingdom of God is primarily about doing everything we can to make our relationships as healthy, holy, and intimate as possible. We're going to spend eternity living in intimate communion with God and all the saints in heaven. So we're called to start learning how to do that here on earth. Of course, sin hates healthy, holy, intimate relationships. From the perspective of the theology of the body, building God's kingdom requires us to do our best to cooperate with God's grace to heal the damage that sin does to all of our relationships. While the world believes that loving someone means simply tolerating whatever they do, the Christian vision of love insists that we have an obligation to always work for the ultimate good of others and to expect others to work for our ultimate good as well so of course you know you already mentioned lisa because of sin you know we often fail in that mission to work for each other's good right and and people who say that they love each other hurt each other all the time so when that happens the loving thing to do in response is to gently call on each other to do better to repent of the ways that we've betrayed our mission to work for the good of those we love and to support each other in cooperating with god's grace so we don't commit those offenses again. And let's face it, that's hard to do, right? That involves some level of sacrifice on our part to take that risk to work for their good and risk their disapproval or risk their frustration or risk the tension in the relationship. But that's a sacrifice that pays off, right? And when someone refuses to repent of that, we have a moral obligation rooted in our basic right for self-defense and the divine call to work for the ultimate good of others to set those limits or boundaries that make it more difficult for that person who hurt us to hurt us in the same way or behave in that same manner. Not just because it's bad for us, but because it's beneath their dignity. And loving them means reminding them who they're called to be and that they're better than that. You know, practicing sacrificial love doesn't mean being a doormat or allowing others to treat us in a manner that's beneath our dignity as children of God. It means being willing to make the sacrifices necessary to work for each other's ultimate good, even when that's hard or inconvenient, or uncomfortable, or costly, because those are the sacrifices that lead to our sanctification and call others to healthier, holier lives. 877-573-7825. Are you in a relationship with somebody that you feel might be taking advantage of you or using you in some way? Someone in your life always asking for more, whether that's more time, more support, more attention, 
to the degree that you feel like nothing you give is ever enough, maybe you feel like your attempts to be generous and to be sacrificially loving in a relationship is just making things worse as they take more advantage or they indulge even more in those destructive or hurtful behaviors. Maybe you find yourself really trying to be there for somebody only to have it consistently blow up in your face. Whatever the situation is, you know, when we try to love and, and we try to love like Christ and love sacrificially, sometimes, you know, d- despite our best intentions, it's misdirected. Uh, and it's helpful in those situations to, to really talk through what does it mean to practice sacrificial love in this situation with this particular person and in the face of these challenges. So let's talk it out together. 877 877- Five seven three seven eight two five. Well, I especially want to address the fact that today is Ash Wednesday, because I know, after years of getting to know all these wonderful people that listen to our show, that we as faithful Catholics, people seeking God, often get lied to by Satan around Lent, around the issue of Lent. And many of you may be listening on your way to church today, in your car, in, in your home as you're going about your life at work, and you're thinking, oh, 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 I do have that situation, but no, it's Ash Wednesday. I need to just offer up the pain of this relationship. I need to just offer it up. It will be part of my Lenten sacrifice. This I won't call in today to figure out what to do about it because... I'll I'll use it for Lent, or I don't deserve to have this changed in my life. I'm going to call you out on that. Because when we don't work for our ultimate good and the ultimate good of the other person, and just say, I'll just offer it up. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, like, there are times you have to offer things up. But if we just do this, we're actually sometimes falling into the sin of sloth. We're not actually stretching ourselves spiritually to say, Lord, I want to cooperate with your grace. My discomfort in this situation tells me something unjust is going on, that something needs to be moved into right order. And with your grace and your power, I will cooperate and work for the good of both me and this other person in this situation. We just kind of throw up our hands and say, Oh, it'll be our Lenten sacrifice, but we don't really work with the grace of the Holy Spirit. And offering it up, we, I mean, you know, building on your point, we should offer everything up, right? Yes. But, but offering it up doesn't mean saying, okay, now I don't have any responsibility for it anymore. Uh, and very often, you know, when we offer something up to God and, and it doesn't magically go away, we think, well, we, we haven't offered it up correctly. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe we have to offer it up again or we and, and really what's happening is is if, if god doesn't take that thing away right away what he's saying is okay you know what thank you for bringing it to me now let's walk through it together right and he wants to teach us how to respond to it not just take it away so even when we offer it up we're not saying i, I give up my responsibility to do anything about it i'm saying lord i give you the responsibility to teach me how to respond to this in a way that will glorify you work for my ultimate good and the ultimate good of the other. 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. If you are struggling in a, in a relationship where you're not exactly sure what it means to really appropriately love this person, uh, you know, and, and your attempts to be generous, loving, uh, kind, uh, giving, are kind of blowing up in your face or making things worse, let's talk about what God's really asking you to do there. 877-573-7825. 
877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and we'll start taking your questions. In the name of the Father, Father and the, the Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we bring to you those difficult people and challenging relationships where we're not sure exactly what it means to be loving to that person. You know, we, we try to be generous, we try to be loving, compassionate, understanding, but it just seems to make everything worse as that person continues to do those hurtful or destructive things, continues to be offensive, uh, and, and our attempts to be loving just end up making everything worse. Help us to know how to respond in those situations in ways that work for their ultimate good, for ours, and glorify you. Help us to know how to love responsibly and how to discern what you are calling us to do in the face of those challenges so that even when we're having difficult times and difficult relationships, we can be receptive to your grace and build your kingdom. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and in the name of the, the Father, Father, the, the Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, we're kicking off Lent on this Ash Wednesday and St. Valentine's Day. On, as we discuss sacrificial love, you know, what does it mean to love like Christ? And how is that different from being a doormat? You know, are you in a challenging relationship with someone that you, know, you're, you, you care about and you want to be there for? You know, whether it's that, that spouse who has anger problems or that, that adult child who's struggling with uh, either addictions or um, other problems, uh, whether they're not living according to the way they were raised and you're not sure how to support them, uh, or that person, that friend who you feel taken advantage of by, you know, how do we love in those difficult situations? Of course, we're called to be loving and sacrificially so, but sometimes our understanding of what that means ends up not being all that loving. And let's talk about what it really means in your situations. 877-573-7825. We're taking a question now from Estelle, who messaged us through moretoliferadio.com, questions at moretoliferadio.com. She says, hello, my mother is the most difficult person for me to be around. Every time we are together, she always seems to bring up how she has helped me in the past. For example... I have lived with her as an adult, and she also says things like, I could have gone back to school, but I couldn't because I had you. I don't understand why that is my responsibility that she had me and couldn't go back to school. She had a terrible divorce with my father when I was 17, and that, was, that really amped her up with her resentments and frustrations. But I am 36 now, and I feel I shouldn't have to see her and hear her negativity. I was born and raised Catholic, but I feel a bit like I am being mean and rude by trying to separate myself because that's not what God wants. She also criticizes me and my husband as much as she can. How do I handle this while not feeling guilty? And that's Estelle. Estelle, thank you so much for your question. Um, so you know, there's a lot that, that gets tied up in here, right? Especially the, the idea of our need to honor our mother and father. Uh, and so we want to honor our parents while at the same time, you know, when they behave in, in cruel or, or unkind, uh, even abusive ways, uh, it's important to know what it means to, to set appropriate boundaries there. You know, honoring our mother and father does not mean tolerating abuse. Uh, it doesn't mean uh, putting up with unkind treatment even. It, 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 it's it, honoring somebody as a way of loving them, right? It's a, it's a, it's a way of, of 
carrying on their good name, right? So there are a couple of ways that we honor our parents, even, even when they've not been great parents. One of those ways is by living ourselves in a way that allows other people to look at us and say, Estelle done been raised right, even if you weren't. <laughs> Because, you know, because there are some people, you know, and I run into this all the time, who, you know, we do it unconsciously. Um, we, we've been hurt by our parents, and so we, uh, we sort of wear that hurt as a badge. And we allow our, our self-destructive behaviors to kind of call attention to, you know, how bad our, our childhood was. And so, you know, when we work to heal ourselves, we are honoring our parents by um, healing that damage that they caused in our lives and, and bringing honor to the family name, if you will. Um, the other way that we honor our parents is by, you know, giving them the opportunity to have a healthy relationship with us by asking them to treat us in a way that is healthy and respectful. You know, it, it doesn't honor a parent to be around them and feel resentful all the time or feel protective and defensive all the time. Uh, and so, you know, honoring your mom in this situation doesn't mean just, you know, it doesn't mean just giving in to the treatment. It, it means giving her an opportunity to choose what she wants to do. You say to her, Mom, I, I love you and I would love to be closer to you. I would love to be able to be around more and I would love to spend more time with you. But when I do, you, you, you give me the impression that my presence bothers you, that you resent me, that you're angry with me for the choices that you made, that, you, that I bring out a lot of bad feelings in you. And I don't want to do that to you. So if you would like me to be around, I'm happy to talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. I'd happy to, but I need you to stop doing that. Um, or if you resent me that much, then I, I love you enough to give you the space that you're asking for. Which, do you, which would you rather prefer? And, and she might say, no, no, I want you to come around. But, but then she keeps doing that thing. It, let her behavior tell you what your response is. You know, she might not be able to be around you and not be that way. And you love, you, you, you love her best by, by saying, you know, if, that's gonna, if my presence is going to bring out the worst in you, I'm willing to be around less. And you can even say in the middle of, if you're, you're spending time with her, you and your husband are spending time with her, and she says something critical, or she brings up the fact that your mere existence has affected her life negatively, then you can say, Mom, remember I said, if you're, you're acting that way, the message you're giving me is that you don't want me around. Would you like to apologize for how you're treating me right now and treat me better, or would you like me to leave? It's your choice. But you're giving her parameters around which she can begin to break this addictive pattern of, I will manipulate people with blame and with guilt. Because that's a very unhealthy thing for her. It's keeping her trapped in a very negative, depressive headspace. She doesn't want to be that way. She wants to have lived a life. She can start making those changes now for her life for the better. So, Estelle, thank you so much for the question. Uh, th there's more that we could say, but we're, we're at, at our time here. So if you have other questions about this or you're trying to figure out the best and most faithful way forward, don't hesitate to reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com. We'd be happy to do, give you some, uh, some good coaching on, on really how to honor your mom, but really protect your own uh, well-being as well. 877-573-7825. Today's show, as we kick off Lent on this Ash Wednesday and celebrate for St. Valentine's Day, we're talking about sacrificial love. Are you in a relationship with somebody that is hard to love and you're trying your best, um, but you're not sure what to do? Give us a call at 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue with your calls. Plus, Father Thomas Loya of the Tabor Life Institute will be joining us to talk about more insights from the theology of the body on loving 
sacrificially, in a healthy way. Stick around for that and a whole lot more when More to Life continues in a minute. He is honored as an English monk, priest, scholar, and doctor of the church. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Bede spent almost his entire life in a monastery. He earned the title Father of English History for his masterpiece, Ecclesiastical History of the English People. Called the Venerable for his vast wisdom and holiness, he is the only English-born doctor of the church. He died in 735 and was named a doctor in 1899. To find out more, visit EWTN.com and click on Catholicism. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you feel as though life is flying past you? Are you desperate for a way to find moments of peace and quiet? Lord, teach me to pray. The free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to His voice, to the peace you are seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy, knowing Jesus personally. Lord, Teach Me to Pray is free. Go to lordteachmetopray.com, click on the red box, order the Lord, Teach Me to Pray series now. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and we are kicking off this first day of Lent, this Ash Wednesday, uh, and St. Valentine's Day by talking about sacrificial love. What is it? What ain't it? <laughs> what, are we, what does it require of us? Joining us right now, Father Thomas Loya of the Tabor Life Institute. He is a pastor, a counselor, and an expert on the theology of the body. Father Loya, welcome to More to Life. Thank you. Great to be here, and a blessed uh, beginning of Lent for everyone in the Latin Rite. We, we began ours in the Byzantine Rite on uh, Sunday evening, so we're into it already. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Well, you wanted to talk a little bit about you know what times when we are doing our best to be sacrificial, but the other person isn't, and what's, what is the Christian response in those situations? Yes, that's a common thing uh, when I do counseling, especially with marriages. And what I'd like to use, like to reach into St. John Paul II's, uh, I call it the principle of reciprocal circuit of love. In other words, a lot of times people are, in a sense, bound, almost like chained from moving towards each other in, in that intimacy. But the key is that they both hold the key to free each other. It's kind of a reciprocal thing. So the key is the, uh, is the honest sharing of the legitimate needs of each other, uh, not only as persons, but specifically, and this comes from theology of the body, it's very handy, as man and woman. Like, what do you need from each other as man and woman? And the person who is not able to practice sacrificial love may not be free to do so. Now, sometimes it can be because of some kind of, you know, dysfunction or act of will and so on, but a lot of times because they're just not free because of what the other person may be doing or failing to do towards them. So then they kind of retreat, and they're like, like chained. So what I tell the couples is to 
make a commitment, kind of a, a, a covenant, a lovingly, to become aware of each other's needs and to, in a sense, unlock each other by moving in the direction of each other's need, you know, step by step. Each one takes a step towards each other. Uh, and um, if there's a problem in that, if it's still a problem, then there is, as you were saying earlier, you have to then now set some boundaries and do some honesty and take some action so that one or the other is protected from being the doormat. You've got to set down some real parameters. But oftentimes I find that it, it works well when they just start to share each other's needs and be, make each other aware that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm crying out to you. You're not catching this. And if you do this towards me, I can then be freer to go towards you. But a lot of times they keep each other chained, and but each other has the key to unlock one another. And that's the, I like that principle of the reciprocal circuit of love that I find uh, is helpful in getting both of them to practice sacrificial love, especially when one or the other seems not to. And as I mentioned, it could be because they're refusing or they got some other problem. It could also be because they're just they're, they're kind of retreating because because their needs are not being met. So they kind of retreat, and then it starts a reciprocal downward spiral rather than a, a reciprocal circuit towards one another. You know, and I think that, that we always have one eye on the other person, and, and are, we're afraid of being more generous than they are. Uh, and so, you know, they're, be, being aware of our power in that situation, either by, you know, saying, look, you know, if, if I take that first step and, and, and try to share a bit more and try to meet those needs a bit more, maybe that will inspire them to, to respond. Or, or, or sometimes I do need to set those boundaries and, and call them out a little bit. But either way, my, my intention is to work for the good of that other person, my good, and, and for the good of the relationship. And, and so it, 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 depending on what, what doing that calls us to, we, we, have the op- we have the option to do either thing, right? Yeah, that's, and that's actually what's meant by John Paul's uh, you know, brilliant little principle of gift of self. Gift of self, and how can it be a gift to this person? Meaning whatever they need, which could be something kind of, you know, boundaries and so on, or it could be something very, very patient, very loving, very uh, simple like that. It's, it's, it's a whole spectrum of things, but the main thing is you're making that gift of self to that person. Amen. Father, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate your insights. And if folks would like to learn more about your good work, where can they turn for more information? TaborLife.org. TaborLifeInstitute. TaborLife.org. TaborLife.org, like the mountain. T-A-B-O-R, life.org. And we are taking your calls, listeners, right now at 877-573-7825 about sacrificial love, especially in a challenging relationship with a difficult person. What does it mean to really love them? And how is that different from being a doormat? Give us a call. Work it out together. 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue with your calls in just a minute. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. How are we treating God? Are we treating him like a magic wand, a rabbit's foot, only going to him when we need something? The results if we don't stay in a relationship with God, and I know this from personal experience, much of the suffering that I had in my life has been brought on by my own stupid mistakes. We have to have God front and center of our life every day. As Father Michael Schmidt says, we're all called to be saints. We have to stand up and fight. We can't just grab God when we need something. He's not a slot machine. Putting coins in, then pulling the one arm band and expecting to win a big prize. We have to have that relationship with God so we can truly do his will and be truly happy. So follow him, not just once in a while, but every single moment. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. 
weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio. The Catholic Church teaches that Jesus Christ is literally and wholly present, body and blood, soul and divinity, under the appearances of bread and wine. St. John the Apostle records the John chapter 6 Bread of Life discourse in which Jesus states that his flesh is true food and his blood true drink. Who better to understand John's writings and subsequent teachings than a disciple and student of John, St. Ignatius of Antioch? In his letter to the Smyrnians in 110 AD, Ignatius writes, I have no taste for corruptible food nor for the pleasures of this life. I desire the bread of God, which is the flesh of Jesus Christ. And for drink, I desire His blood, which is love incorruptible. The Catholic Church absolutely follows St. John and St. Ignatius in taking Jesus at His word. Examining the truths of the Catholic faith, this is faithforensics.org. Hi, I'm Lisa Popchek. Our children don't belong to us. They belong to God. God gives his earthly children earthly parents because he wants them to be able to feel his love through your body and see his face in your eyes. Christian moms and dads are meant to be the face of God to our kids. That's a beautiful thought, but it can be a little intimidating. Don't worry. God wants to parent with you and he gives us his grace to raise his kids well. That said, this mindset requires us to be open to parenting differently than how we were raised or what comes naturally to us. No matter how good your parents were, they weren't as perfect as our Heavenly Father is. And no matter how well we turned out, we aren't saints. Yet, every day, ask God to help you be the parent He wants you to be. Ask Him to give you the grace to love generously, correct gently, and let your kids know that you delight in the gift they are to you. Pray that God will help you be the parent He's calling you to be and enable you to bring out the best in your kids. To learn more, check out our book, Parenting Your Kids with Grace, or visit CatholicHOM.com. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today is Ash Wednesday and St. Valentine's Day, so we're doing a little mashup here on More to Life. (laughs) We're talking about sacrificial love. How do we really love like Christ, especially in difficult relationships with difficult people? You know, we often think that sacrificial love requires us to just tolerate whatever. Um, That's really not what it means though and we've talked about that earlier in the show we talked with father thomas loya about that as well let's talk with you about what it means to be appropriately sacrificially loving in a challenging relationship in your life 877-573-7825 let's talk now with michelle who's listening to ewtn radio in colorado hi michelle welcome to more to life what's going on hi um thank you so much for taking my call this is the first time i've called in um, and I was just praying, um, truly like asking the Holy Spirit to show me what to say. Um, and I really started to feel 
like my question changed slightly that I told the caller. Okay. That's okay. Um, okay. Just go with whatever the Holy um, Spirit leads you to. Thank you. So um, I have a wonderful relationship with my parents, um, who I love dearly. Um, I'm, I'm Catholic. They're they're not. They're uh, non-denominational, but just mm-hmm. wonderful foundation. But there is uh, some abuse in my in my childhood unfortunately um that from has your never folks been or yes yes and, from okay, my from okay. my father from my father okay. and um never been discussed um it's never been talked about um the lord allowed has allowed me to walk through some um just painful time in the last three years where he brought it to sur- the surface for me, um, really through health issues, and I praise him for that because I think I thought it was, I just pushed it down and it was okay. okay. And I Michelle, I have to ask, it. I apologize if it's a delicate question, but but it, are we talking about physical abuse, sexual abuse? What, what, what do we mean exactly? Uh, sex, sexual, sexual. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay, thank you. Yes. Go on. Yes. And um, just something that I, I've. Through probably the last three years, the Lord allowed some health issues. <laughs> Just kind of, I say allowed. I, I had health issues, and I and He's using those things in my life to draw me closer to Him, and to also see how if you don't deal with those things, um, they come out at some way or another. That, okay. And I've sought counseling and spiritual direction. Okay. God is just faithful and good. My question really is though. Because it's never been discussed, um, I talk to my my mother all the time. Um, I talk to my father all the time. Pray for him. Pray for their relationship. Pray for truth to be revealed. Um, but just really trying to like ask the Lord, how do I move in this? You know, as far as He's healing, the Lord's healing me in so many ways. But I can see in my father, I can see in my mother, the weight of all of just, I don't even know, I think it's connected to all that, but there's a lot that they're dealing with right now in their lives, and um, health issues, and trauma, and different things, and I'm just asking... Well, there are a lot of directions we could go in this. There are a lot lot of directions we could go with this, but but let me ask you, you know, how could we specifically help you today? Is there a particular question that you've got about how to kind of respond to your your folks uh, around this whole issue? Yes. So um, I talk to my mother a lot, and she, my dad is having a lot of health issues, and she will say to me, I just don't understand what's going on. I just don't know why this is happening. And I I sit with her, with her on the phone, and I, I don't know if I should say anything. I don't want to say it to her. I don't know what I should say. Um, just how to, to that sacrificial love. I I love her, but is mm-hmm. am I missing something that the Lord is wanting me to do? Um, this is this, this is an interesting segue for you, though. Here, Michelle, why when she asks about why God's allowing the health issues, do you do you see that as an opening to finally discussing this with your mother? Am I missing something here in the connection? So. When she when she, she she really struggles in the suffering that my dad is walking through, and of course, and 
when she says she's praying and asking God to show her, you know, why this is happening. I don't know if it's connected to my my childhood. I don't know. Um, But I sometimes hang up the phone wondering, Lord, am I supposed to to start this conversation? Am I supposed to actually... bring this to life. Yeah, because it, it sounds like you're, it sounds like Im- implicitly you're saying that, that you, there's a part of you that wonders if God isn't punishing your father this way for having done what he did to you. Is that is that what I'm hearing you say? I I do sometimes wonder that, yes. Okay. I do sometimes. Right. And not punishing because I know we serve a merciful God and suffering has so many beautiful benefits as it has for my mm-hmm. life. Um, and so I I know my father is loved no matter what he did by our Heavenly Father. I guess my question is, like, what part should I play in this, you know? Um, Let me ask, do you suspect that, I mean, because when somebody is sexually abusive, uh, they don't normally just choose one person. This is often, especially when it's their own children, um, it, it, it often affects other people as well. Do you feel like this is something that's affected your siblings or other children absolutely. in addition to you? Yes, absolutely. And I, I started off this conversation when I called talking to the screener about a sibling of mine brother. that's struggling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, that's when I... Right. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's heart. let's focus on the question of like how, what what to do about you know this I, and 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 I'm glad you said that you're in counseling. That's really important to be getting that professional help. Uh, you you didn't dwell a lot on that. So if, if you said you've gotten counseling, so if you're not in counseling now, I would really encourage you to reconnect with that person uh, or continue that relationship because this is going to be really hard to um, you know process the 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 role that you need to be playing, you know, with your family or allowing your family to play in your healing, uh, because a lot of different variables here. Um, What I would say to you right now, um, the, I would, I would disconnect what's, what your father's going through from this idea of, you know, he's, he, is he being punished? Is he not being punished? You know, the, the question of why, when, when somebody's suffering is kind of a useless question. The, 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 The better question is, how does God want us to respond to this suffering? Okay, like in, and like in your case, right? As uh, you're experiencing health issues, you're not saying, why God, why God, why? You're, you're saying, okay, God, show me what you want me to do about this. How do I respond to this? And in that prayer, he's leading you to seek healing, both for your physical health issues and for these deeper wounds that you've encountered, right? And so I, I would encourage you if, you're, you know, if you're talking to your mom and she's you know, venting to you that way, I would say, you know what, mom, the most important thing here isn't why. The most important thing is to ask God to teach us how to respond to this suffering in a way that will help us to glorify him, uh, work for, help us be our best selves and, and work for the good of those around us. So that's, that's that separate question. But in terms of how do you deal with this, I think the most important thing that you could do right now is, is to start by talking with your siblings about what's happened to you um, and and say, you know, I don't know if this has happened to you guys, but this is something that I'm going through. It's something that I'm discovering. And I, and I wanted to just share this so that we could all, if, if this is something that has happened to you, support each other and be there for each other in all of this uh, and even talk about what it means for our relationship with mom and dad. Uh, I think it's okay to be honest with your with your with your mom and dad about this and to bring it to their attention. I would not expect you to get a, a good reception to it and I would want you to talk to your counselor before you do that because often that can be re-traumatizing for the person who's experienced abuse you know we want to go and confront that person and they and the way they respond to us 
doesn't give us closure or even open a door to healing, it often aggravates the wound. So I want you to make sure that you are working on this with your counselor to figure out you know, when or how you should approach your siblings and your, your, your parents. But I do think that, that assuming that your counselor feels that it's appropriate at this time, uh, the, the best thing to do would be to start by talking with your, with, with your siblings about this and sharing what you're remembering, sharing your experience, asking if they've been through anything like this, um, and you know, kind of coming together to support each other and to figure out what this means to your relationship with your father. I would also say that if you suspect um, that your father is still a danger to children, um, whether his grandchildren, for instance, or other children, that you would need to contact uh, Children's Services uh, and let them know that there's a possible concern there um, because we want to keep children safe. That's the most important thing. Uh, and, and even more importantly, why you would want to talk to your siblings. Um, you mentioned, you know, when you first called, you told our screener that you, you had some issues with your younger brother and he has seven kids. I, I'm concerned, you know, that, that he or the other siblings would let them be around your father. And if your father is abusive, then he very well could be abusing them too. So that's another reason why I want you to talk to your siblings first, to really share your experience and find out what their experience is and what, what they think might be going on now uh, and what might need to be addressed there. But yes, um, openness, you know, being honest about your experience is, is really the key to letting that grace in, in your life, uh, in your family's life, in your parents' life, uh, and getting good support from a counselor, and you mentioned a spiritual director as well, is, is really important there too. And I 100% agree with everything Greg is saying here, especially make sure you're walking with your therapist through this step-by-step, step, even if you have to schedule a few extra sessions around there so you're really being supported. The one thing I can imagine your mother saying to you, among all the other stuff that could come, is why now, when we're going through all this with dad and he's sick, and why would you bring this up now? And I think it's really fine if you say to her, mom, if dad's this sick, we're, we have to realize that, that life is, is, it can terminate at any time. And I want dad to have a chance to make amends for what he's doing, to repent to God, to repent to the children that he has harmed, and, and have a chance to know God's love and eternal life with God rather than have this hanging over him as he goes on to, to eternity. It's just not something I want for him. I'd love healing for myself and our whole family, but I also think this is an important thing to do for, for dad and his soul. I care about him even after everything he's put me through. I care about this whole family because there's a very good chance he'll try to deflect by making it about his illness instead of wanting to actually confront needing the truth to come out and healing to happen. But please, Michelle, make sure that you're doing all of this under the guidance and supervision of your counselor. Please. Yeah, right. Thank you so much for the call. We've added you and your family to our More to Life prayer list. If there's more we can do to support you through this, don't hesitate to reach out to us here or catholiccounselors.com for additional support in a faithful way. All right, we are taking your calls at 877-573-7825. It's time for our break, so we have to, but it's time, and because it's time for a break, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 29. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. To the person who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other one as well. And from the person who and from the person who takes your cloak, do not withhold even your tunic. And I chose this verse today um, because, again, this is this is it's a really subversive 
verse, um, and, and and superficially people think again it means well put up with it, put up with whatever treatment you're given. But but think about this. I mean, do good to those who hate you. All right. Well, you know, obviously we don't want to be mean to people that hate us. But but what does doing good to somebody that hates us mean? Well, doing working for their ultimate good means setting boundaries, saying, listen, I, I love you, and you're better than this, um, and I, I, you know, I need you to repent, and, and kind of calling them on. You know, I would want somebody to do, you know, with the, the later passage talks about uh, doing to others what you want them to do to you. If, if I was being a jerk to somebody, I would want them to tell me about it so I could change, right? I mean, you wouldn't like it. I wouldn't like it. It wouldn't feel good. You might get a little, you know, cantankerous about it for a while, but it opens the door to repentance and change. Well, and, and think about even this, this uh, part of the verse that says, if somebody strikes you in the cheek, offer the other one as well. If somebody slaps you, you know, say you're walking down the street, the Roman soldier comes up to you and, and belts you because they can. What do they expect you to do? They expect you to either feel humiliated and beg for mercy or to fight them back in which they can just arrest you and, and throw you away. But just imagine that, that, that you stood up and you looked at that soldier and you gave him your other cheek. That sends shivers down my spine. That's, that's, a, that's a powerful move. Uh, and it's it's loving, it's appropriate, but it, it makes that other person say, where is this person's strength coming from? The, I, I, I can't help but respect this person. And it, it challenges me to think differently about you. You see, it's it's not just about taking it. It's about responding in a way that surprises the other person and shakes them out of their evil. Uh, and so this passage, as I said, is a really subversive verse that... that, that, that challenges us to respond in a very different way than our fight or flight or freeze response asks us to it asks us to respond to the other person you know who's being unkind to us in a way that challenges them to think differently about us about themselves and our relationship something to think about 877-573-7825 this ash wednesday and saint valentine's day we're doing a little mashup here and looking at sacrificial love what does it mean in a difficult relationship or with a difficult person to love generously without being a doormat? 877-573-7825. More to Life will continue with your calls coming up after the break. Each weekday, we'll dive into the timeless teachings of our Catholic faith, drawing upon the wisdom of the ages to navigate the challenges of today. Together, we'll seek truth, find inspiration, and forge a deeper connection with God. I'm Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and I invite you to join me for Beacon of Truth, today at 4 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. always hear from uh, different people at non-Catholic churches that Catholics were going to hell or that they really didn't know who the Lord was. The Catholic Church is not all what people say it is. I mean, it's completely different. There's so many stereotypes. It's very possible to know the Lord and it's very possible to have a relationship with God in the Catholic Church. I believe I was born into the Catholic Church and that's where I belong. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. Ave Maria Radio invites you to feast on the joy of fasting this Lenten season and all year long. Fast from judging. Feast on loving. Fast from noise. Feast on silence. Fast from differences. Feast on unity. Fasting is a part of true Christian life. 
it liberates us from this world as we grow closer to Christ. Do you own popular index mutual funds or ETFs? If so, you're automatically own shares of companies that conflict with your moral beliefs. Ave Maria mutual funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors can invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. The experienced professional portfolio managers make decisions based on investment fundamentals and pro-life values. You can learn more about Ave Maria mutual funds today at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today we're talking about sacrificial love on this first day of Lent and St. Valentine's Day. What does it mean to be sacrificially loving like Christ? Does it require us to be a doormat? Well, obviously not. We've talked about that throughout the program. But what does it mean for you in that difficult relationship with that challenging person to be appropriately sacrificially loving? 877 877- Five seven three seven eight two five. Before we take our next call, you know, one of the things we love to do on this program is share great resources with you. And there is a new resource I'd love to tell you about. It's called the book called New Scientific Evidence for the Existence of God by Jose Carlos Gonzalez Hurtado. Now, this is a book that you need to challenge atheists and agnostics to defend their ideologies logically and rationally and to fortify your own beliefs. You're going to find empirical evidence for theism in a way that you can easily understand, and it explains how atheism twists reality to justify its view by what the author calls selective skepticism. So check it out. New Scientific Evidence for the Existence of God by Jose Carlos Gonzalez Hurtado. It's available now. You can get it at the EWTN Bookshop. Go to EWTNRC.com. That let's take our next question, Lisa. Who's up? Catherine has a question. She's listening to EWTN Radio in Boston, and she says um, her nephew, who is in his thirties, overstays his welcome. He comes out to the area that she lives in for work all the time, and instead of getting his boss to put him up in a hotel somewhere, he comes over to Catherine's house and uses her guest room. She said it would be fine, but he doesn't interact with me at all, and I feel used. And that's Catherine listening in Boston. All right, Catherine, thank you so much for the question. And so, I, I you know, I, I think you want to respond to this first by, by bringing it to him ahead of time. Like, like, don't wait till the next time he calls you and then says, hey, I'm coming over. You know, reach out to him now and say, hey, listen, I'm a lot about this, and I really love seeing you, and I'm glad that you feel that, uh, you know, that, that I'm here for you. Um, but it really does hurt my feelings when you come over and you don't interact with me and you don't really, you just sort of assume that you can stay as long as you can. I would really, I need you to call, call me first to let me know what's going on. And I need us, and I need us, I need to know that you're going to spend some time with me yeah, too. And, we and, need like, to make some plans when and, you're going to be here. And if you don't feel like th- that you're comfortable doing those things, then, then I'm going to need you, you to ask your boss to put you up next time in a hotel. Um, and, and the reason I'm saying this, by the way, is, is because... You know, this is an example of how your generosity is enabling him to be a user, yeah. right? which is, you know, and, and, and so you don't want to just react to that and assume he's trying to use you. We want to try to give the other person the benefit of the doubt that if I, if I held up a mirror and showed them how their behavior was coming across, that other person would, would change. So that's why I'm saying don't, don't 
restrict him from your house or set limits just now, but be clear with him about you know how you feel and what you'd like to have happen. You know, and again, don't don't accuse him of anything. This is not you know I really hate that you're using me and uh, you're a terrible selfish person. It's not that. It's listen. You know, I'm sure you don't mean anything by this, and I'm really glad that you feel like I can be here for you. But when you come over and, you know, you don't ask to come over and you don't ask how long you can stay and you don't really even talk to me while you're here, I feel used um, and it really hurts my feelings. And I, 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 I'm fine letting you stay here <clears throat> if we can also make some time to visit or at least you can, you know, make some time to talk with me. Or, or, be, or make be, some be plans. Let's go out for dinner one of the nights you're here. Something like that, you know. And hopefully, this is just that he sees you sort of as an extension of his mom since you're his aunt and he just feels like, you know, you're creating a home for him and that he doesn't mean to ignore you, but he's on a business trip and he's tired. Hopefully, it's just that. And when you address it, it's fine. I'm hoping that he's not really a user and that he's not thinking, hey, you know, if I can just stay at Aunt Catherine's, then I can save my per diem and save it up for stuff that I like and I don't have to pay for a hotel room from it. But it could be that. So the only way you're going to know whether this is a pattern of him being kind of a user or if he's just kind of taking it for granted that this is what family does for one another because you are such a loving person. Either way, it's a win-win. You either know or you actually get really nice time with your nephew who comes to visit you. Though the problem is, you know, in situations like this, very often the person in your position, Catherine, you know, doesn't say anything. You know, they, they, they don't say, hey, I'd really like to spend some time with you. Or, you know, even this is hurting my feelings. What could we do about that? You know, and they just sort of keep it all in. Um, and, and that's really the wrong thing to do. Because when we, we don't speak up and give the other person a chance to meet our needs or respond to our concerns you know, we, we become resentful, you know, so we're enabling, we're enabling them in being selfish and then we're becoming resentful on top of that. And so that's, this is a, this is a good example of, of how, you know, we think that I'm being sacrificial by not saying anything, but it's not actually uh, redemptive suffering because redemptive suffering is suffering that's redemptive, right? It's suffering that bears fruit. I do this hard thing because it's bearing fruit in our relationship or it's helping you to become a better person or it's helping me to be my best self. Um, and, 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 you know, so by, and this would be an example of it, you know, so by, by saying this to him, that's hard to do, right? It's hard to get up the courage to say, hey, this is kind of hurting my feelings. Um, it would really mean a lot to me if you would make some time to be with me and not just use the guest room uh, and treat me like kind of a hotel. That would be hard to do. That would involve some suffering, right? But that suffering is, is redemptive because it's challenging you to be more honest and more authentic, and it's challenging him to be more generous and open to a relationship. But the kind of re re suffering you've been doing by keeping it all to yourself hasn't been redemptive at all. It just festers and causes resentment, and it leads to him being more selfish and you being more resentful and builds wedges in the relationship, which is exactly what Satan wants to have happen. So try this first, and if it doesn't work, give us a call back, and we'll talk about the next steps. Thanks so much for the question, Catherine. And listeners, if you are in a difficult situation, dealing with a difficult person, and you're not really sure what it, call, what it requires you to do to be loving to them, reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com. You can work with one of our faithful, professional Catholic counselors to help you transform your marriage, family, or personal life through the light of God's grace. Again, that's catholiccounselors.com. And remember, get out there and celebrate the life that God has for you, because you know what? With His grace, there is so much more to life. Thanks for tuning in. Have a blessed day. You've been listening to More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. 
More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.